Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. This week you have myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Brennan as we talk about the opening weekend for Joker. Remember, as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. So breaking down this week's top five, no surprise in the number one spot is Joker, opening up to 93.5 million domestic, followed by Abominable and its number two week at the box office with 12 million domestic. Downton Abbey is in the number three spot at 8 million domestic, followed by Hustlers in the number four spot at 6.3 million and It Chapter 2 rounding out the top five with 5.35 million. So it's not a very competitive box office. Uh, but Joker has taken the weekend uh, by a lot, and it's debuted just incredibly strong and sitting at about $234 million worldwide, which is just crazy numbers for something that is not part of you know a main DC universe and something that's really experimental for DC and experimental for the character. But I think this haul is just a testament to, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix's presence and just kind of the attention he commands, as well as just the Joker as a character. I mean, this is arguably the most iconic villain there is out there in terms of comic books. And just the fact that this has been a movie that's been hyped up and everybody's had an eye on it for quite a while and heard nothing but glowing reviews and awards coming out of all the major festivals. So Joker had a lot going for it, and it is succeeding on all accounts. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I, there are no surprises for me in the money it's making. I mean, 93 million domestically. I, I'm not surprised by that at all. However, 234 million worldwide. That's a very, very strong number for its first weekend. This film is going to be making a ton of money. Um, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars are definitely on the way for this film. I definitely see it passing 500, 600, 700 mil. I think 800 might be like the the stopping point for this film, but who knows how the legs will be this early on. I think we'll have to wait and see for that. Um, but I'm not too surprised with this. I think that the Joker is one of the most iconic characters in probably the history of pop culture. Um, I think that this film had just so much, not just controversy, but just so much uh, talk behind it for months and months. And you you kind of have, um, on one, one hand, you have big fans of comic book films and you have big DC fans that are going to be powering this film and, and hyping up this movie. You have people that are kind of, uh, they were younger when the dark Knight trilogy came out. They, they loved Heath Ledger's Joker. And now they kind of want to revisit that dark gritty superhero type, um, comic book type film in the, in the 2019 Joker here. So I think that you have a mix of a bunch of things and I'm not too surprised with this. This is a, a ton of money and it's just going to continue to rake. Yeah, so this is a massive debut, um, but it is actually the largest October opening ever. So it passed Venom, uh, which Venom set the record last year with a little over 80 million. Joker again passed it with 93.5 million, and it actually got really close to Justice League's opening weekend, which is just kind of weird to think about that uh, one villain was able to gross higher than the entire Justice League. Uh, almost higher, um, so it's about 0.5 million short of Justice League's opener, but it is a very strong opening, fourth highest R-rated opening ever, coming in just behind the Deadpool movies and it. Uh, this is a financial success by all accounts, especially because of how low the budget is to begin with. So the budget estimates I've seen have been around 55, 60 million, um, depending on the source, but 
it's already grossed 234 million worldwide, which would be strong numbers for any superhero movie. But a superhero movie just on a small budget like this, this is just incredible numbers. For sure. And I mean, just you saying that, I mean, almost making as much money as Justice League made, that's just shocking. And I mean, an R-rated film as well. Like, there are people turned away because they're too young. With Justice League, that wasn't really an issue. Joker is just the testament to this character. That's what this film's showing at the box office. $93 million domestically first weekend, $234 million worldwide. This is huge, and I think only the Joker could do this. I think if you, if you think of kind of some of pop culture's greatest um, and biggest kind of villains, I, I don't know if there are many others that could... Um, make this much money in a standalone film. I think that Joker is probably the king when it comes to that. Yeah. And another just kind of fun little tidbit is uh, Todd Phillips actually has two movies in the top 10 uh, highest grossing R rated openings. So Joker would be one, but the hangover part two is actually number nine on that list. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's got a pretty strong R rated draw to his movies. Um, but yeah, like Joker is just performing incredibly well. Um, as to the legs and just the longevity of its success, uh, I think you and I have a little bit different opinions. Um, I think this movie is going to be much more top-heavy just due to the subject matter and the fact that we've got some other pretty big R-rated movies uh, coming out here in the next couple weeks. Um, but it, this is by no means going to stop. It's just it'll, it'll, it'll gross a lot of money. It's just how much money is it going to gross is kind of the question. I have a feeling that um, a few different variables kind of go into this. And I think first weekend you're seeing there's a lot of controversy behind this movie. So many people were hyped for this film. All of them came to the theaters first weekend. But a lot of people who um, maybe thought about the controversy, maybe didn't really want to go right away, wanted to see what people thought of the movie first. I think they'll be going in the coming weeks. I think mix that with kind of just the power of DC fans really feeling like they have something good on their hands and maybe repeat viewings that way. Um, I think that this film's going to be uh, showing some great legs, maybe maybe a decent drop next weekend, but I think it'll stagnate after that, and I think that it'll just continue to make a ton of mo money over the next uh, couple months here as we head into the award season. Yeah, and I think you know this movie had sort of an uphill battle. I mean, just because of how controversial it's been, and with a lot of the reactions uh, coming out of the festivals were really good. But a lot of the reactions coming out of opening weekend, uh, it's Rotten Tomato score dropped quite a bit, which, you know, that's not necessarily the best way to go to see how good or bad a movie is. Uh, but it's normally a pretty solid indicator of, of how it's doing. Um, it does have a B plus for a cinema score, which isn't just the greatest, but it's still not bad. Um, so I, I think it'll have decent legs. I just don't think it's going to have phenomenal legs. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to take a look at that. I think next weekend might not be the complete tell-all with how this movie's going to last, but I think that as we kind of progress into the uh, mid-October mid area, maybe closer to when Jojo Rabbit, Zombieland 2 come out, I think that'll be kind of the teller. I mean, middle of October, we'll kind of take a look back at Joker and see how it's doing, but I think this movie, I mean, I, I'm I'm in the belief that this thing is going to have legs and it's going to make a ton of money. Uh, it'll, it'll be neat to see, though, as as time time progresses yeah i definitely agree and we do want to talk about joker a little bit more but we are saving that uh, for a different episode so we can really dive in and give everyone a chance to see it because this is a controversial movie and we all have lots of thoughts and so we we will share those at some point uh, we just don't want to spoil anything or dive too deep into it right off the bat 
So that kind of wraps up what we're going to talk about with Joker for now. And we'll move on, unfortunately, to Abominable, <laughs> uh, which pulled in a little over $12 million this weekend, had about a 42% drop almost, and it's just not a huge winner. Um, it's sitting at about $76 million worldwide after its second weekend with a production budget of $75 million, uh, which these are numbers that you really don't want to see if you're looking for a success. Um, Abominable is just kind of, it, it's not outright flopping, but it's it's crashing pretty hard. Yeah, and I think that we're seeing this year a lot of animated movies show better legs than we initially expect them to, or, or more family-oriented movies. I mean, we saw with Aladdin, great legs, Toy Story 4, we saw some great legs there. Um, and then even uh, just kind of with overseas grosses, um, and initially domestically, we saw Secret Life of Pets 2 kind of bomb, but then overseas, it kind of picked up. I think that this movie doesn't quite have that sort of power because it's not kind of franchise connected. But what you were touching on last week, this film didn't really put a lot into marketing, it seems. It was it was a little bit low key. So a budget's at $75 million. They've just passed that now. They might be able to recoup the budget and maybe turn a small profit, but there's no way this thing is being a, a big hit for the studio. And it's kind of just a another one of those kind of dismal, decent, kind of mediocre September uh, box office runs for an animated film. Yeah, and it runs into some pretty big competition. Uh, so this coming week we have The Addams Family which is going to open up. So it's got animated competition there. And then just a little bit over a month from now, we have Frozen 2. So it's it's definitely not the best time to to really be trying to, to go on legs just because there are new movies in the same genre and in the same style that are going to be opening up and competing. But if we saw anything with like Secret Life of Pets or even Toy Story, animated movies tend to have pretty solid legs regardless. Um, so I, I don't... Again, I don't think this is going to be just an outright flop. It's just not going to be a huge success. I look at this film and I think that they probably should have maybe thrown it into theaters a, a week earlier even. I mean, it came out in a weekend where it was the only major release. But you look at the week prior to it, um, we saw Ad Astra, Downton Abbey, and Rambo. I think that it could have fit in there and, and kind of maximized profits a little bit better. I mean, that would have made for a really crowded box office, but the same audience that's going to see Rambo and Downton Abbey is probably not going to go see Abominable. So, I mean, they probably should have went for a earlier release, maybe a midweek release even, um, just like the midweek before it came out that opening weekend. But uh, it's definitely not not looking like a huge hit, kind of just, just kind of a mediocre uh, run for Abominable. Yeah, it's a movie that I don't think we'll be talking about just a ton more, but I think it'll be just kind of there under the surface for a while. So we'll move on to Downton Abbey, which pulled in about $8 million this week uh, with only a 44% drop in its third week at the box office, uh, which Downton Abbey is just going strong. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. This is a really big hit for Focus Features. This is just had a built-in audience, and they keep returning uh, after a couple weekends. And it's just got solid legs, sitting at about $135 million worldwide, uh, which is just really great. Um, this is a success. It's one of the better successes from this past month. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to say about this film other than the fact that it, it really is, as you said, just that built-in audience that's driving this thing. And maybe the word of mouth is really strong now. After the first few weeks, it's kind of spreading. I mean, this movie's up over 135 million 
worldwide and, and and on a small budget i believe last week of i think it was around 10 million dollars um if not a little bit less or a little bit more uh th- this movie is is just showing that it has legs and that's kind of surprising because uh, we expected this to be a little bit more top heavy but down navi is, is kind of showing that it's going to be here to stay for the next few weeks and i mean it's a, it's it's great for focus features and it's a really neat uh little thing for a uh film based off a television series yeah and it actually uh, expanded just a little bit on this week opened in 158 more theaters which isn't just a huge expansion um but it is i mean it's it's still going um i think this movie will stay relevant for a little while just because it is a very specific audience that this movie is going to and October normally doesn't cater to that audience. Uh, old, older people tend to kind of stay away from horror movies, and I think this will kind of be their go-to for the next couple of weeks for sure. For sure. I definitely agree with that. And just seeing that it, it had a theater boost this weekend, even if it's just 158 theaters kind of on top of what it already had at about 3,400, that's a, a good sign. And I think that the theaters are a little bit more optimistic. The studio's happy about what's going on, and it's just a really good sign for this film financially. So we'll move on to Hustlers, which is in its fourth weekend at the box office. Pulled in a little bit over $6.3 million domestically. And is just, again, kind of like Downton Abbey and like Joker so far, is just another really big hit. So it's got a production budget of about $20 million, And it's already pulled in $110, a little over $110 million worldwide. And it's just been a, a huge kind of breakaway hit. Uh, nobody really expected just tremendous things from this movie going into it but it has definitely surprised in terms of how much it's pulling in yeah this movie pretty much this weekend smashed past 100 million dollars it was sitting at about 98 million heading into the weekend turning 6.3 million domestically a little bit more overseas is up to 110 million worldwide now hustlers is here to stay if this movie can continue to have drops of around 40 percent on a week-to-week basis jennifer lopez will stay in that awards talk and she will stay in the competition so we're going to keep our eye out on that for everyone um it's a it's really interesting that this film's kind of grossing this sort of money and i think it's a testament to um, the star power of the cast and J-Lo in general. And it, it is a pretty good movie. I really did enjoy it. And just to see it making this much money um, this far along the line, now we're four weeks in, I mean, it's a pretty neat thing. And I could definitely see this movie um, maybe reaching that 150, depending on the uh, legs down the road. Maybe it'll get another expansion down the road, maybe when we get into award season. But it's pretty interesting to kind of watch the developments with Hustlers. Yeah, and I mean, this movie is existed basically off of its domestic gross which is really all it needed because in the larger foreign markets uh, this movie's not going to be played <laughs> uh, just due to the nature of the, the characters in it and so it's it's really only needed a strong domestic call and it has done way more than that so far and is probably just going to be a pretty buzzy movie uh, for the rest of the year Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, a good sign for this film is that you look at October, you look at November, and even into December, it's going to still be coming out. I mean, Brazil is, uh, it's going to drop in Brazil in December. It's got Spain and Italy in November. It's got a bunch of European markets in October. So as you said, it's probably not going to be making a ton of money um, overseas, but it, w- it will see kind of a, uh, a decent capitalization on just a little bit more change overseas uh, with some of these later releases. Yeah, I completely agree. So we will move on to It Chapter 2, which rounds out the top five in its fifth week. Um, I I actually kind of like 
every the uh, the top five for this week all lined up with how many weeks they've been at the box office. Um, so it chapter two rounds that out with five point three five million. It's another about forty eight percent drop, and I mean it's it too is pretty late in the game at this point. Um, it's sitting at about four hundred and thirty six million dollars worldwide. So it's certainly not going to reach the heights of it chapter one, but it is still a pretty solid success, especially for a horror movie. Uh, four hundred and thirty six million is, is really strong for the horror genre. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, it's it's not going to reach the heights of the first one, but this movie is a huge success for Warner Bros. They're they're definitely very happy with this, and there's not too much more to say about this film. As you said, five weeks in the box office now, and I mean, it's showing decent legs, 47, 48% drop this weekend. I mean, that's decently impressive, but it'll die off over the next few weeks um, for sure as, as we get into some of the more horror-based releases in October, but this is a pretty good run for it, Chapter 2, and it's it's quite impressive for this franchise as a whole. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a testament to kind of Stephen King's prowess and name recognition. I mean, in terms of horror, he's the most consistent genre or the most consistent franchise, really, um, just because he's been around. He's been making movies or uh, having movies made from his works since uh, the 70s or late 70s, early 80s. And like he's, his name draws people. His movies make money most of the time. <laughs> they do bounce up and down in quality quite a bit. But Stephen King is always pretty consistent. For sure, and I think that we're we're kind of seeing that. I mean, a, a lot of his films are, um, not a lot of them break out quite like this one, uh, or or the first one in this franchise. But uh, for the most part, these films do do pretty respectable uh, numbers at the box office. So that rounds out the top five. But there are a couple other releases that either expanded or actually released in a limited uh, theater count this week. So we're going to talk about Judy, which had a limited release last week and has slowly begun to expand and is sitting at around $4.4 million domestically, sitting at a total of $8.9 million domestically with this week and last week. And it's slowly expanding here over the next few months. Um, this is a movie that I don't think it's going to be just a huge success. I think Judy Garland is kind of dated in terms of who her core audience is going to be in terms of, you know, who's actually going to come and see the movie. Um, but she's iconic enough that I think it'll make a decent profit uh, depending on the awards attention it gets. It could make even more when we get further down the line. But right now it's it's just it's making money. It's not really failing, not really succeeding. Yeah, I think what they're doing with this film is very smart. They're not kind of throwing all their eggs in one basket and throwing it at 4,000 theaters first weekend. I think they're going to, you're going to see a slow kind of gradual release. Last week we saw what around 400 theaters uh, came out in this weekend. It's now up to 1,500. We'll probably see it expand a little bit more. Overseas wise, it's going to be coming out slowly over the next few months in a bunch of foreign markets. So we're kind of seeing this movie open up to different uh, groups of people at, at kind of a slower pace. And I think that's a smart way to do this film instead of kind of getting it out there and having the buzz die quick. I think it's, it's good to kind of slowly get this thing out there and milk it uh, kind of as it gets towards award season, because I, I do think it has some awards play for a best actress nod a hundred percent. I think Renee Zellweger is fantastic in this movie. I don't think there's much else that this movie has a play for, but in that regard, I think that they're doing a smart thing. Yeah. And they definitely played it well off of the uh, film festival buzz. So it, it, premiered and had a pretty decent buzz uh, overall. I've seen mostly positive reactions to this movie so far. 
um, and releasing just shortly after that, about a week or two after the festival, depending on which festival you, know, you want to look at it debuting at, um, helps keep it kind of in the collective public consciousness. Just people are aware of it. Uh, people know it's in theaters. They've heard good things about it recently. And I think with that slow expansion, they're kind of ensuring that people are at least thinking or talking about this all the way to award season. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, you you saw the film. Um, we maybe can dive in a little bit. What did you kind of think of it overall? And do you think that Renee Zellweger can make a play uh, come award season? Yeah, I think she's easily the highlight of this movie. Um, her performance was just it was it was just great. Um, it was a good interpretation of Judy Garland. And, you know, she did have to share the role a little bit, but managed to really take Judy in a different direction than most people know her from. Because, uh, I mean, when, when you're the star of The Wizard of Oz, that's going to be kind of your thing. That's where most people know her from. That's what most people are going to associate Judy Garland as a person with, is just that 14-year-old girl walking through Oz with <laughs> with all those colorful characters. Uh, but in reality, her adult life was much different than that. And I think Renee Zellweger really just inhabited that and really just brought it to life. As for the movie as a whole, I kind of have mixed opinions about it. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen and it is kind of misguided in what it's trying to represent but it does paint the old Hollywood system in a, a more depressing light than most people probably remember it from and I think that was a, a good choice for it yeah I mean I don't think there's much there to grab onto in this film I think that it lacks a little bit of drive and a little bit of its own kind of flair but I think Renee Zellweger carries this movie 100% and she makes it a watchable and somewhat enjoyable film I mean there's there's a lot of uh, kind of dark subject matter that they touch on in this film but for what it's worth she gives a knockout performance and one of my favorite performances from a lead actress this year 100 percent. but besides her there isn't really too much to cling on to in this film and that's why it's great that there really aren't many scenes that don't include her at all i mean this is pretty much 100 percent uh the camera's on her pretty much at all times and i think that's the smartest way they could have done this thing because she really owned the role um but overall i i, I agree with you there i i have mixed feelings towards the film i mean i definitely would recommend someone to check it out um and i would give it a positive review but it, it's not the best film of the year and i think they could have done a few things a little bit better but for her performance this is a uh a one to watch out for yeah and i would also like to commend this movie for casting michael gambon it's just nice to see dumbledore uh, wherever you can get him <laughs> oh yeah um, so we'll move on to another smaller release this weekend which was lucy in the sky uh which <laughs> is uh, not really performing. You know, it, it had a very limited debut, so it was only 37 theaters, uh, pulled in just <laughs> barely 55,000, uh, which is only about a 1,500 per screen average, uh, which is pretty abysmal for your <laughs> opening weekend, especially in a limited release. And the reactions to this movie have not been kind in the slightest. So I was definitely looking forward to Lucy in the Sky, but uh, it's definitely not looking positive for this film. I mean, right out of uh, TIFF, this thing got ripped apart. And I was looking forward to this movie. You had a pretty good filmmaker and Noah Hawley behind this uh, project, Natalie Portman, I'm a big fan of. And I thought the first trailer was good and it had a pretty neat premise overall. But this movie just got torn apart by critics. And I, I thought maybe there could still be a play for Natalie Portman because it is Natalie Portman. She's got that star power, but it needed the box office to back it up. And the per screen average this weekend being at just 1500. I mean, this this movie's going nowhere and it's going to be kind of 
depressing to see it um, expand over the next few weeks. However, uh, many theaters it does expand to, it's going to be kind of tough to uh, watch that. Yeah, I think if this is indicating anything, it's that Lucy in the Sky is going to crash pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't see this ever uh, cracking the top five, let alone the top ten. <laughs> no, I mean, I think they'd be lucky to push through that top 15. Yeah, this this one's going to be long gone. So <laughs> that wraps up rather depressingly all the uh, new movie news going on. But there is still kind of movie news going on. So if you're familiar with this uh, this guy named Martin Scorsese, he's, he's kind of an up-and-comer in the movie world. <laughs> Um, but he had a quote this week that was not well received by the internet <laughs> uh, when he was asked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just Marvel movies in general. He uh, said they were not cinema and related them to theme parks. And so the exact quote was, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Scorsese, that's what he told Empire Magazine. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well as as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional psychological experiences to another human being. So he said this the week that Joker released, which is kind of set itself up as the uh, superhero equivalent of a Scorsese movie. And of course this is Marvel versus DC. So you have all of the Marvel and DC shills attacking each other on the internet, as well as just all the Marvel people uh, just obsessing over this, which in, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think this quote's really a big deal. Um, whether or not Martin Scorsese likes your favorite superhero movie shouldn't really determine whether or not you can enjoy it. Uh, but that's where we are as a society. I think it was a little bit of a, a misstep to put this out there, but I mean, it's, it's Martin Scorsese. I mean, if you look at the film world, he's one of the uh, most elite people in it. And I mean, you look at kind of the Mount Rushmore of directors over the last 20, 30 years, 40 years, even he's probably on that Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's hard to go against him, but uh, or it's hard to say that what he says doesn't matter, but I, I really don't think it does in the grand scheme of things. I think this is something that, in a few weeks, we'll have forgotten about. Um, I just feel bad for some of the people that uh, took this in the wrong way or, or kind of took took this to heart, especially James Gunn. He kind of uh, talked back. Uh, he didn't bite back at Scorsese, but he did say he was saddened by the comments. I mean, he said that um, uh, one of his favorite directors is Martin Scorsese. He looks up to him, and he, he was a little bit upset by by Scorsese's uh, opinions on movies that he makes. So, I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of upsetting to, to read about and think about, but overall, I don't think this is a really big deal. Um, it, it is kind of coming at an interesting time with Joker, as you said, and the DC versus Marvel. I mean, it's always, there's always something going on. And as you said, we were kind of done talking about movies there, but there's more movie stuff to talk about it. It kind of never ends. Um, but overall, I don't think this is going to have a huge impact on anything. It's kind of just going to be banter for the next few days and, hopefully die off yeah i mean it's it's certainly not gonna derail the marvel universe <laughs> i mean they just put out the highest grossing movie ever uh, within six months <laughs> and uh, it just it just came at a time where you know the dc marvel antagonism couldn't have been higher um, you know as dc is really starting to branch out and my, my favorite thing about the quote is i don't think a lot of the the dc people like your your batman versus superman is a good movie people really understand that what scorsese is saying about marvel movies also applies to dc movies <laughs> um 
it's just it's just a dumb thing to get upset over and the internet has kind of had a field day with it uh-huh and i think that when when you think about this um just kind of in in retrospect and all i mean it's not going to have a huge huge impact down the line but I mean, what he says, he's just a different type of filmmaker. I mean, he has his own genre. He has his own uh, niches that he kind of follows. And uh, he's just not, he's he's an older guy. He's a part of a different generation. And if he doesn't really, as you said, like your favorite superhero movie, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I don't personally agree with what he said at all. Um, but I'm not, I'm not outraged by the comments at all. And I think that you kind of just have to put things into, into perspective. Yeah, and I think you you really just have to have a clear understanding of a like who Scorsese is as a director, what kind of movies does he make, uh, what kind of movies is he associated with, and b you just have to see where he comes from. I mean, he's one of the older working directors out there right now. He comes from a very different era of filmmaking. Um, his influences are vastly different from the influences now, and the films he created are vastly different from you know what's popular right now. And you really just have to look at it in context. For sure. And I mean, there's there's not much more besides that. I mean, he like I mean, he, he's he's a big name in film, but this isn't going to, as you said, derail the MCU. Not one bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really going to change anything. It's just a good excuse for people to get mad at each other. So uh, mm. that, that's where <laughs> we're at. <laughs> um, so that kind of wraps up the goings on of what's happening in the movie world for this past weekend. Um, and again, we will dive into Joker with much more detail a little bit later on. And next week, we'll be back talking about the Immaculate Angley Classic Gemini Man, as well as the Adams Family reboot. <laughs>